Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I am going to talk about some things that I haven't really talked about yet on the podcast. I feel like it's been over a month now since... I went through my breakup and I am starting to put myself out there again and to date. And I feel like, you know, something that made you guys get into We Met at Acme in the first place was my talking, being candid about these dates and about dating and and what it's been like for me. So I feel like I owe you guys to get into that again. And also it's fun. So why not? So I went on, let's see, I've been on a couple dates. The first one that I went on, it was a coffee date, which was really nice because as I've mentioned many times, I don't drink. um, And I didn't have to say it ahead of time. It's actually someone who came funny enough to my mixer um, and they asked me out and it somehow came up that that I don't drink. And they were like, well, would love to get coffee or water sometimes, sometime, which was really thoughtful and sweet. Um, and so we went and got coffee. It was really nice. It was a flowing conversation, which is always good. It's funny there. I don't know if this is like me getting back into dating or not. I don't really remember if first kisses were a thing that is meant to happen on dates. I do remember that, you know, I think day dates can be awkward when it comes to first kisses. So there was not a first kiss, um, whether it was because it was a day date or because this person was nervous, whatever it was. Um, It was a good date, though. And then I went on another date and uh, with a different person. Um, It was a setup. And I'm going to explain, by the way, why none of these are from dating apps in a second. But it was a setup and I went to meet them at Ludlow House, which is a cute spot. And this person was a really sweet guy, but not the person for me. And I swear to God, you can tell within like five minutes of a date if it's going to go well. And I feel like we had this conversation with Brandon and Harrison on the updating episode, like you can just tell right away. And I could tell it was just not someone that I could see myself with, but it's harder when it's a setup because you feel like you have to 
see it through and you have to be cordial and you have to be sweet. So I stayed and I was sweet and I was, uh, I was cordial and we talked, but I never felt like the conversation changed from like, Hey, you know, where you like, what people do we have in common? Um, what camp did you go to? I, I, I felt like it was a little surface level and we weren't able to get deep. And, and I mentioned this on my Instagram and people are like, what do you mean? Like get deep? What does that mean on a first date? I think it just means, you know, talking about like, like letting the conversation go elsewhere. And I experienced this on my podcast a lot when I have guests, like I'll be interviewing them and it's just question, answer, question, answer. And it's similar to a date. It's like the best dates and the best podcasts happen in the in-between where you go off on a tangent on some kind of debate or, or really, you know, getting to know each other or like busting each other's balls or having disagreements. And, and that's where like the magic kind of happens. And I felt like that wasn't happening on this date. Granted, there were things that I could have done to make it happen. I mean, there are the 36 questions that lead to love. And, and I, you know, I do like to bring those up. Um, not because I want to fall in love with the person I'm I'm going on a date with, but because they're good questions that that spark good conversations and and good answers, and it lets you know them a little bit better. It's like you know, it's really getting into the childhood trauma and all that stuff, which I just I love to get right into. Like I'm not I'm not really a surface kind of gal, um, unless unless maybe I'm not comfortable, and then and then you don't know. So been on those dates. Um, I went, I, this is a funny story. I, um, one of the guys that I have been going on dates with, we went to my apartment for the first time. Um, don't get the wrong idea. We just went to, um, to finish a puzzle I was doing. I'm not even kidding. Like that's how lame I am. And we were walking in to my apartment building. And my doorman was like, wait, Lindsay, I have a package for you. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, maybe this guy can help me carry my package. He brings out a Costco size toilet paper roll thing pack from Amazon. It was just like insanely embarrassing. I know that everyone uses toilet paper, but to be handed a massive, huge, like package of toilet paper. And also for, for the person that is a new person in your life to hold that for you. Um, was definitely a little awkward. I think he made a joke about it and was like, Oh, I didn't know girls did this or something. And I was like, Oh, I just like really pee a lot. Um, but it was funny. I mean, you had to laugh. It was one of those situations where you're just like cringing, but, um, it is what it is. So in my single, single dumb singleness, not sure what to call it. I was doing some thinking like, Hmm, should I, you know, I have a little bit more time now. Should I match make people? Should I make it a real business? Which I'm, I'm still considering. But in the meantime, I was like, let me, let me reach out to a few matchmaking companies and kind of see what, see what the gist is here. See what they're doing. Um, and it ended up being a really perfect exercise for podcast research, obviously, as as anything is when it comes to dating. And so I met with one company. Um, they're called The Bevy. Very, 
very sweet women. One of my friends works there. You know, I don't think using a matchmaker is for me, I, which is ironic because I want to be a matchmaker in many ways or like I am a matchmaker to my friends. But it was interesting. And, and I feel like after I say all of this, which isn't even anything bad, like no matchmaking companies are ever going to work with me again. But I have to be honest with you guys because I, you know, you're my people and I want to tell you about this experience. So I went to meet with them. Sorry, I'm drinking tea. I know that's so annoying. Um, so I apologize. But I went to go meet with them and it was it was interesting. My friend who works there is amazing. And then we were, I met the founder and it was a lot of like, um, you know, our guy, like the guys we have on our roster, they're like, you know, it was like, it was like red carpet, CEO, private plane, like that type of guy, um, which some girls go weak in the knees for. I mean, some, some people might think that that's amazing for me. Like I'm not, I don't really care what someone makes or like their status. I just want, you know, I want someone who I, I vibe with. And so I was a little, I was a little overwhelmed. Um, they were saying how like a lot of the, you know, I was obviously very inquisitive and asking if, if, you know, like what, what these guys are about, why they're using a matchmaking service, if they're so gorgeous and successful and, and big. And, um, there was, uh, the woman told me that it's like, because of me too, like, because, because of the me too movement, no one wants to like have their face on an app. And then I'm like, do I want to be with someone who like doesn't want to put their face on an app because of me too? Um, which led me to believe that like maybe there is possibly something that they're trying to protect or hide. I don't know. But I, I'm sure that the men are incredible that they work with. It was just a lot for me. I think, I don't think I'm ready. Um, I don't know if I'll ever be ready to use a matchmaking service because... I'm just nervous about it. Whereas like if it's something like that I'm doing where I'm just like matching up my friends and calling myself a matchmaker, even though I'm just, you know, trying to go to heaven by having three matches that's successful. Um, that's more my steez. Um, so then I met with another matchmaking company called Modern Love Club. This was interesting. Um, the woman is very cool. She has like bright pink hair um, so I met with the founder and I met with another woman. Um, and, and that was really cool. They did like an interview for me, whereas the other place, the bevy, like we just had a conversation this time. They, they did an interview. She asked me anything from like what my favorite book is to like my favorite author to if I like to ski and like what my strengths and weaknesses are in a relationship. It was definitely more thorough. And I think whereas the bevy, they set you up on blind dates, Modern Love Club. Um, I don't know if they they show you people, but they tell you more about the the candidates that they're thinking about setting you up with, which is cool. And I felt like I vibed with them a little bit more because I'm more, you know, laid back and and I'm not like necessarily looking for that red carpet private plane, more so just like that connection, that person who who wants to find something legitimate and is not like is, is a good, great person. Um, and so that was, that was fun. I ended up, um, 
telling them that like a few of the guys that they described would be great for friends of mine. So here I am again doing my own matchmaking in a matchmaking service. But I thought it was really cool. Um, I'm not 100% sure about matchmaking, but if you if you're into it, do it. Why not? Um, you know, they do have a great roster of guys. I don't think girls are often charged for this thing. I think maybe the bevy doesn't charge girls, but maybe modern love club does. I'm not sure. Need to need to figure that out. But if you're in New York city, um, check them out. If you're not in New York city, I'm sorry if that was, you know, something you couldn't relate to, but I bet you for sure there are matchmaking services in your city, in your town. Um, so if that's something that interests you, check it out. Why not? You know, nothing to nothing to lose. Like what's the worst case scenario? You go out with someone and you have a good time. Like that's it's not a big deal. Um it could be cool. I don't know about you, but I'm so tired about having these half-empty shampoo and conditioner bottles in my shower because I just can't figure out which one I want to use. And I feel like I always need to switch it up. But Function of Beauty has changed my life in that way and honestly made it so much easier for me because I use the same shampoo and conditioner every day. I use the hair mask once a month. Basically, the way that it works is I took this quiz about my hair because everyone's hair is so specific and unique to them. So I took a quiz. I answered some questions about the texture of my hair and like what I want to achieve with my shampoo and conditioner. And then they came up with this really incredible and delicious smelling shampoo and conditioner and hair mask. And it's so cute. It says my name on it and everything. Like it says function of Linny on the bottle. And it's, I got to choose the color. Like I customize it to a T, which is so it's like these, they're, they're these green bottles. They say my name on them. And What's great about Function of Beauty is it's vegan and it's cruelty-free. So there's no sulfates, parabens, mineral oils. There's nothing harmful. And I am all about that because I'm not using any shampoos that have sulfates. That's just like not good for your hair. So I want you to check it out too. You just have to go to functionofbeauty.com slash Acme. You take your four-part hair profile quiz and then you get to save 20% on your first order. So don't spend another minute miserable about your hair. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash Acme to let them know that we sent you and that you support the podcast. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash Acme. Save 20% on your order. All right. Hope you're enjoying the episode. From the offices of Create and Cultivate, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party, a podcast for working women that support each other's successes. In each episode, we bring in leading female powerhouses for career, real talk, and BS-free advice. Ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. But moving on. So I mentioned briefly, I'm not doing apps right now. I'm just not on the dating apps. I'm on Raya, but honestly, it's to find podcast guests. <laughs> but um, and. Like I haven't really found them yet because no one responds on Raya. It's so annoying. Well, I'm not surprised though because I'm saying like, hey, would you want to be on my podcast? And not like, hey, do you want to go out sometime? Mm. So probably not the best intro. But anyway, um, I'm not on the apps. I feel like with what I do, I have a dating podcast, you know, obviously. 
And I meet so many people organically that it wouldn't really be fair to like not give those situations a shot right now. And by the way, I'm all about dating apps. You know, I love Hinge. I love Bumble. But right now for me, I am really enjoying this experience of seeing, you know, who I'm going to meet and and not not putting pressure to respond to all these people on an app because I feel like there's always someone floating around my like orbiting. Like I have a friend's high school friend who's single and like, you know, my friend has been mentioning this person and I wasn't interested because I was dating someone. So like those people I'm giving a chance. I also feel like because I'm not on dating apps, I am going out of my way to talk to people when I'm out. I was at, um, I was at Soho Grand this past weekend in the city. It's this bar that like kind of turns into a club, but the music is so not for me. It's very pots and pans. If you haven't heard the term pots and pans, you need to start using it. I don't even know who told me. I think it was my amazing gaze, but it's like, this is pots and pans. Like that stupid fucking noise of like, but no music. I can't deal with that music. So it was pots and pans, which was upsetting, but there were tons of cute guys there. And I was like overwhelmed. And I was with two, I was with three girlfriends who are single and so cute. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to like, just use my dating podcast and like outgoingness to go up to these guys maybe I can do some matchmaking. So I went, I like any guy that I thought was attractive, I went up to him and I was like, Hey, I'm Lindsay. What's your name? Or not even just like, Hey, I'm Lindsay. And then they put out their hand and they're like, Hey, I'm John. But that made me realize like any, any of you can do that. Like, I feel like girls often are like, what should I say to a guy at a bar? Or like, Guys are like, what should I say to approach a girl at a bar? It's like, literally just introduce yourself. It's that simple. It doesn't need to be crazier than that. It's just a simple introduction. Like, hi, I'm Lindsay. Nice to meet you. Because when you're out at a bar, you're kind of putting yourself out there already. And and again, I, I truly believe that a girl can easily initiate the first meeting. And then like, you know, the guy can take it from there. So there's nothing wrong you go up, you introduce yourself and and that's it. And then like, you're like, oh, I want you to meet my friends and you introduce them to your friends. And the next thing you know, you're talking to all these people at this place um, who do want to meet people. So it's not scary at all. But anyway, so we were at Soho Grand. They were playing Pots and Pans. So eventually, you know, obviously we went to Acme. It was so much fun. The music at Acme, I'm telling you, it's just always on point. Like it was like 90s hits. Sometimes it's more like top 50. Sometimes it's oldies. But it's always something with words, thank the Lord, that you can dance to. So, I mean, I had a really fun night. I think single or not single, like you can't forget about going out and having those nights where you just dance. Like it's not about drinking, especially for me. It's it's not about any of that. It's just like about having fun. I remember it was like almost 2 a.m. and my friends wanted to leave and I really didn't want to leave because I just wanted to dance. But I was like, I'm not going to just stand here and dance by myself. So it was fun. Moral of the story is talk to people when you're out. I'm going to talk a little bit about closure. I've been getting a lot of questions of like, 
How do you ask for closure? Is it okay to ask for closure? I actually had a closure conversation with my ex a few weeks ago. Um, and it was initiated by him. And I, I really appreciate and respect that so much because it takes a lot for a guy to be open and honest about what they need and how they're feeling. And I'm not necessarily so emotionally inclined. That's just not like who I am. So I wouldn't, my first instinct wouldn't be to ask for closure. My instinct would be just to try to move on on my own. But he asked for closure um, actually after he listened to my episode talking about the breakup. And we went for a walk in Washington Square Park. And it was really nice. I mean, there were things that came up that definitely showed both of us like, okay, this is why, you know, we don't necessarily work. But it wasn't, I don't know, I've had closure conversations before where someone wants to know, like, what exactly did I do wrong? What, you know, could I do better in my next relationship? I think this was more just like, you know, it's nice to see each other. Let's hug it out. Let's like lash out anything that, you know, we might have feelings and thoughts about. And let's get ourselves to a place where if we run into each other, it's not that the last time we saw each other, we broke up, you know? And I think for that reason, closure conversations can be really beneficial and good for you um, because it's just, you don't want to have any anyone in your life that if you run into, it might be awkward because like, that's not really, that's not a way to live. And I feel like if one of you can recognize that and you know, step up and ask the other person for that, then that's really amazing. And that's really mature. So I'm really grateful that we had that conversation and, um, and really appreciative of, of him for, for initiating that and, and reaching out. Another thing that was a big topic on our Instagram this week was exclusivity. I, I don't really believe in having a conversation surrounding exclusivity. I really do believe not that it's black and white necessarily, but that it's like, listen, you're not dating until you're dating, like meaning you're not official until you're official. You can be dating. That's, that's where it gets complicated, but you're not official until you're official. So having some kind of exclusivity conversation is like kind of almost backtracking. It's like, okay, let's be exclusive, um, but still not be official. I just, it's hard for me to comprehend like how it is a mature thing and not an immature thing. I feel like anytime I've, I've pushed for exclusivity with a partner, I was really just testing them to see how they felt about me and hoping that we would be more down the line. And I've had friends who, who their partners will try to get them to be exclusive with them, be, but like they're not ready for another relationship. It's like, it's, it's very, it's like ownership. Um, it's like, I want to own you, but I don't want to date you yet. It just, it puts a bad taste in my mouth. And I think, you know, the one, the one area where it gets a little hazy is like, if you're sleeping with this person and you are not using a condom, then you obviously, you want to know if this person is exclusive to you, but that's hard. But I would say if you're, if you're sleeping with someone without a condom and you're seeing other people, um, most likely you're just 
dating and you're, you're only sleeping with one person in the circumstance that you end up sleeping with another person, I think it's only fair and respectful to use a condom with the other person. So like only be not using a condom with one person, if that makes any sense. But if you have to have a conversation being like, listen, I know we're not exclusive or I know we're not in a relationship, but I do feel uncomfortable a little bit with having unprotected sex, not knowing what else you're doing. Um, then that's a fine way to have that conversation of just like, oh, I'm not sleeping with anyone else. But then I wouldn't call you exclusive to that person. All they said was, I'm not sleeping with anyone else. They didn't say, I'm not sleeping with anyone else and I won't in the future. It's just like at this moment, I'm not sleeping with anyone else. So I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Maybe I'll go on a date. Maybe we'll have two, like a weekend apart from each other and I'll meet someone really hot at a club or you'll meet someone really cool at an event. And then guess what? Um, we're sleeping with more, more than just you. But I think... So that's why it gets like, it, that's where it gets confusing and complicated. It's like, there can't be exclusivity. Um, there can be like, this is, you know, I'm only sleeping with you in this moment, but I think it's really like, you're either all in, that's my boyfriend or, you know, that's someone I'm dating, going out on dates with, sleeping with. Um, so I hope that makes sense. I feel like I kind of went on a bit of a tangent, but hopefully you understand. So I posted about this quote from Millennial Therapist, which is an account that I'm obsessed with. I don't know her personally, but I screenshot a lot of her stuff. And it says, note to self, there is a difference between making my relationship work and betraying myself in order for it to work. And a lot of you were like, can you please explain this quote? Can you get into it? I don't know the origin of the quote, but the way that I interpreted it is basically, I think as women specifically, because I can only speak to the side of a woman, I think that we bend over backwards to try to make our relationship work. And I just talked about this in, a, in an upcoming podcast that I'm going to release soon with a woman named Chanel. Um, we were always taught from a young age, like we have to be everything for a man. We have to cook. We have to, you know, be an amazing housewife. We have to take care of the kids perfectly. We have to put a smile on our face. We have to please you. We have to do this and we have to do that. Whereas men were not really taught that. Men were taught like just to provide and to exist. And, um, and so I think, especially as women, we, we do kind of bend over to make a relationship work, um, whether that's literally or physically. Um, when we're not, when the relationship is way past its due date. And I think that's for a number of reasons. Maybe it's because we see a relationship as a success. And if you're in a relationship, you've, you know, achieved some kind of milestone, or maybe it's just that, you know, we think this is a person who loves us and this is rare and so we don't want to let this go. But I think the reality is if you are betraying yourself in order for it to work, what does betraying yourself mean? It can mean a number of things. It can mean like, you know, like we talked about on Tanya's episode, like if your partner doesn't like to go to Broadway shows and so instead of just, you know, making a compromise with them that they'll come with you to the shows, 
Um, you have to seek out a friend every time. I mean, that's not the biggest betrayal and it's something people can get over, but it is. You're betraying yourself in order to make it work. You're saying, or maybe, no, that's a bad example. Maybe saying, you know what? I don't care about Broadway that much. I don't need to go to a show. It's these little betrayals that that add up or like, let's say you want to have sex three times a week and your partner only wants to have sex once a week. Like that's a little betrayal as well. You then start to say, you know what? I can deal with sex once a week. I don't need, I don't need it three times a week. It's okay. Or let's say your partner doesn't like to make plans. So you say, you know what? It's okay. Um, I'll just keep my schedule open and hope that they reach out with a plan. It's all good. Um, or let's say your partner makes you split everything and you're not financially comfortable doing that. And they like want to go out to restaurants that maybe are above your price range and you just go along with it because you want to make them happy. It's like you are betraying yourself in order for it to work. It could be anything. Let's say your significant other's mom is a nightmare and you you know, you have to just, I mean, uh, that one, that one's hard. I feel like that happens all the time. Um, but basically you get the gist, like don't betray yourself in order for it to work. If you are someone who's really motivated and your partner's not motivated, um, and you're like, you know, it's okay. Like I can, I can, you know, make enough for both of us. And when in reality you'd want an equal, you'd want to be in a power couple it's like those situations, that's when you're like, okay, am I, am I betraying myself? Or like when your partner keeps letting you down and you're like, it's okay. They didn't have to come to that event with me. Or like, I'm fine going to events alone. I actually remember in my last relationship, um, which was amazing by the way, but there were like moments every now and then, like he wasn't a huge fan of double dating. And I remember I went to, I, I really wanted to go on a double date with my friend and his girlfriend. And granted, like my partner was a little sick at the time, but he, he couldn't, he didn't want to go. He, he didn't want to push himself. And so I went alone and I had dinner with the two of them. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I'm betraying, I'm betraying myself right now because I'm saying like, oh no, it's okay. I can go by myself to this dinner. When in reality, like, I didn't want to go by myself to this dinner and I didn't want to be okay with a partner who didn't like to go on double dates. And it's like, you know, you can only do so much betraying of yourself before you're like, well, this isn't about making my relationship work. This is about hurting myself and losing touch with what I actually want. So I hope that was helpful for you guys. I'm going to end it here keep it brief. I, I'm pretty sure our next few episodes are going to be much longer. So, um, want to keep it, you know, not, not as long. Um, anyway, if you live in Nashville, we have a really good show coming up. If you go to wemetatacme.com slash tour, you can get your tickets now. Would love to see you there. We're also on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash wemetatacme, we've got tons of bonus content you can message me directly there. Um, and we have a secret Facebook group. It's called We Met at on Facebook at Acme. Um, 
<laughs> so check it out. And um, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Leave a review. We haven't gotten reviews in a while, which I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but leave a review however you feel. And I'm excited to hear it. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs>